BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. New emergency rules passed by California's Workplace Safety Agency will keep a mask requirement at most California work sites past June 15th. KPCC's Jackie Fortier says the decision came after an hours-long meeting and multiple votes. On June 15th, workers will be allowed to take their masks off if everyone in a room is vaccinated and doesn't have COVID-19 symptoms. But if just one person isn't vaccinated, everyone must wear a mask. Cal OSHA Board Chair David Thomas said the new rules aren't perfect, but the board will work on more detailed regulations at a later date. Like I said, we're trying to open up and we're also trying to protect the people that are vulnerable. And I think we can do both. And I think this is a step in that direction. Employers will need to maintain documentation on the vaccination status of each worker, but it's unclear what kind of proof they'll need. Physical distancing will remain in effect until the end of July in most workplaces. The rules will now be sent to the State Office of Administrative Law, which will have 10 days to review them. If they're okayed, they'll go into effect on June 15th. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. Let's turn to COVID and the economy. Governor Gavin Newsom is extending pandemic rules that have allowed restaurants to expand outdoor seating and sell cocktails to go. KQED politics reporter Guy Marzarati has more. It's been a hard year for restaurant staff like Julio Bermejo, the beverage manager at Tommy's Mexican Restaurant in San Francisco. The pandemic has hit us all very hard, and it's particularly hit the bar and restaurant community very hard. But amid closures and restrictions, Bermejo says there was a bright spot. Relaxed state regulations that allowed customers to take cocktails home. Tommy's is allowed to now sell our world-famous Tommy's Margarita to go. That's a result of loosened regulations by the Newsom administration's Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control. The department also made it easier for restaurants to expand seating to sidewalks and parking spaces. On Thursday, Newsom stood outside of Tommy's to announce those changes will remain through the end of the year. To allow these businesses to expand their footprint and expand their opportunity to recover from this pandemic and moreover uh, to create new business opportunities in the future. But finding new seating is just one of the issues restaurants have had to deal with during the pandemic. You can ask California Restaurant Association President Jock Condi for the full list. Uh, Do you have three days? Condi says the patchwork of state and local rules were especially hard for businesses to keep track of. Many counties were doing things differently, and that was a huge frustration. And many restaurants didn't make it through the shutdowns. In a statement, California Republican Party Chair Jessica Patterson says Newsom's relaxed regulations, quote, offered little to the nearly one-third of California restaurants that permanently closed during the pandemic. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarotti. 
$15 million in prizes, $50,000 Fridays, and $50 gift cards to supermarkets like Albertsons. No, it's not the Price is Right or Wheel of Fortune. It's California's Vax for the Win, the state's COVID vaccine incentive program, a campaign to coax more people into getting vaccinated. And today is the first of two $50,000 Fridays, where 15 people will win 50 grand each. You're eligible as long as you live in California, have received at least the first dose of your COVID-19 vaccine, and are 12 or older. In all, the state is spending more than $116 million on the vaccine lottery program. But is the state's vaccine incentive program really working? According to data collected by the San Francisco Chronicle, since the program was introduced by Governor Newsom on May 27th, California has continued to see a steady decline in the number of vaccine doses administered. In fact, in the three days following the governor's announcement, there was a 20% daily decrease compared to the previous week. Dr. Peter Chin Hong is an infectious disease specialist at UC San Francisco. He tells the California report that while fewer people are getting vaccinated, that might not be a bad thing. Those people on the fence might have signed on earlier if they had had an incentive, but one could also say they signed on and they got the vaccine despite not having an incentive so that's a victory for public health and for the community as well. In Ohio, which was one of the first states to offer a lottery prize to get vaccinated, health officials there say in the week following the announcement, vaccination rates increased by nearly 30 percent. Dr. Chin Hong says the effectiveness of these programs could depend on location, as residents in some states may be more motivated by possible rewards than others. Many medical experts have brought up ethical concerns about these contests and prizes as well. Chin Hong says that while he wants everyone to get vaccinated as quickly as possible, it's concerning that some people are motivated by money rather than protecting themselves and others from a deadly virus. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. And moving on, start fires to prevent fires. The state Senate unanimously passed a bill this week that if it becomes law, would help promote the practice of prescribed burns as a firefighting tool. KQED climate reporter Ezra David Romero explains. Controlled burns managed by professionals are one of the most cost-effective methods for clearing overgrown forest. 
but their use has been limited because of liability concerns, like who is responsible if a prescribed burn gets out of control. The bill would establish new liability standards and would make insurance more accessible to fire professionals known as burn bosses. It would only hold those burn bosses responsible for an escape fire if there is gross negligence. The bill now goes to the assembly and then if it passes to the governor's desk. For the California Report, I'm Ezra David Romero. As more asylum seekers are allowed into the United States by the Biden administration, those who have waited months in desperate conditions in Mexico are finally seeing some of their dreams come true. With a closer look, KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler joined one Honduran family as they got a chance to seek refuge in the United States. It's early March at the migrant encampment in El Chaparral Plaza in Tijuana. There, hundreds of asylum seekers are looking for information, any sign that they'll be allowed into the U.S. under the new Biden administration. Brayden Lainez is one of those asylum seekers. He has his six-month-old son strapped to his chest. He and his partner have been waiting in Mexico for a year and a half to request asylum in the U.S., fleeing as Honduras deteriorates amidst political violence and social instability. Lainez pulls a flag he's carrying with him out of a backpack. It's a Biden for president flag, and Lainez waves it in front of him. To him, it represents a new chance, a possible reversal of fortune after a brutal few years. Sitting in Mission Bay Park in San Diego this past Tuesday, Lainez cheers up thinking about what his family has had to go through to get here. His son is now nine months old and on the verge of walking. He said he had plans just to give up. He had come so far already, just to be stopped at the border for so long. Lainez shows off scars on his arm from a machete attack in Honduras, which he says was politically motivated. Lainez said he thought he was going to be killed in the attack, but God must have put a guardian angel in his path, one who defended him because he has no idea how he was able to escape. He left the country with his clothes still wet. His mother had just done laundry. That escape led them to Mexico, but then Lainez and his partner, Yuri Serrazo, encountered a Trump-era policy known as Title 42, which has put a near total halt to the processing of all asylum seekers at the border. In recent weeks, an agreement hammered out by the Biden administration and the American Civil Liberties Union has allowed vulnerable asylum seekers to enter the United States and then make their case to an immigration judge. Arazo describes just how bad things were in the migrant encampment, where they moved to after a year already spent in shelters in Tijuana. It was all very difficult, she said. The children cried from the cold. They gave us blankets. It was very sad. But we triumphed, and here we are, thank God. They got help from the group El Otro Lado, which has assisted thousands of vulnerable asylum seekers in Tijuana. After crossing the border last week, they stayed in a hotel room paid for by the state until travel could be arranged. On Tuesday, Eitan Pellet from Jewish Family Service of San Diego helped the family get ready to move to New York. Unlike most Central American asylum seekers, they don't already have family in the United States. So a sponsoring organization has volunteered to house them. Peled and Jewish Family Service has helped around 3,600 migrants entering the U.S. during the month of May. He showed the young family how to navigate San Diego International Airport, 
which is harder if you don't speak the language or have never been in an airport before. We're really excited that, that, we're, that we're seeing arrivals again, and we're seeing the arrivals in the numbers that we are, because we know these are all people that are really in, in desperate need of help, of, of international protection. Uh, the stories that you hear are, are really, really horrifying, and so I think the implementation of something like Title 42 uh, was, was really horrible because it denied people those access, you know, denied people access. Um, when I think what we're doing is, is showing that we can both protect public health and afford folks the access or the right to seek asylum. All asylum seekers entering San Diego are tested for COVID-19 and isolated until their results come back. Title 42 was put in place under a justification of controlling the spread of coronavirus. But many public health experts believe it has had no substantive impact on controlling the pandemic. On Tuesday, Lainas, Erazo, and their son walked down the jetway to a plane. They'll face years of uncertainty about their status in the U.S. as they await a ruling on their asylum claim. But for the first time in two years, their lives are no longer in immediate danger. For The California Report, I'm Maxwell Vlinadler in San Diego. And now to a preview of our sister show, The California Report's weekly magazine. For the past year, students and school alums across California have used Instagram to share stories of trauma they've experienced in high school. Many of the young activists spearheading these efforts are graduating this month. But they say they've created the tools and platforms for future generations of students to be heard. KQED's Holly J. McDeed reports. Lynn is a senior at Mira Mesa High School in San Diego County. We're only using her middle name to protect her identity. She says part of the goal of her Instagram account, MeTooInSD, is to educate young people about what healthy relationships are supposed to look like. I had no idea, and I know that's very common for, you know, these teenagers to really not know what is okay or what's not because nobody's telling us. Lynn says her experience as a survivor is what motivated her to start running the account last summer. She says she's gotten threats online because of her activism. If I stop, then that's letting them win, and I refuse to do that, so I just kept going. There are dozens of Instagram accounts like hers throughout California, including one for students in the affluent Silicon Valley town of Los Gatos. Students and alums there starting an advocacy group called From Survivors, For Survivors. Abby Berry, a Los Gatos graduate, is one of the founders. She and others organized a rally last July to address sexual assault on campus. She looked out at her school's football field and told everyone she was a survivor. I believe words have power, and if saying this out loud gives others reason to as well, then I will. Almost a year later, Abby says the students leading this movement may not have moved mountains, but they started a conversation that wasn't happening before. For the California Report, I'm Holly Jim McDeed. That report was supported by the USC Annenberg Center for Health Journalism Impact Fund. And that is the California Report for Friday, June 4th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. 
Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit Donate kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.